understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hello, Shy Hearts, and welcome back to episode 37 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we will be covering Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Lemons and Lemonade. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm joined by Barina. Hello, everybody. And Ashley. Hello. Ashley, who might have a ghost in her house. We're not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Weird things happening in Ashley's house. So we always like to start off every episode with the news. And we actually do have some news today. So that's pretty great. We have a Jesse Lee Soffer interview from Winter TCA. So this is like one Chicago day, very, very light. And there's just some like residual things coming out of it. So would one of you like to take us through this? Yeah, I'll take you through it um, since I'm the one that put it in the group text. It's just a basic interview. Um, I think the site it's from is Black Girl Hollywood. Could be saying that wrong. Um, And there's nothing really new. I mean, you know, he kind of talks about, you know, how things are different from season one and, you know, um, just kind of what Jay's been going through this season and about the crossover. And so there's nothing really new. I mean, he did say the thing that I thought was interesting, he's asked about his New Year's resolution. And he's like, yeah, my New Year's resolution is to go to the gym more. And then they have a conversation about, well, like, is that really worth it? Because, um, you know, they're always doing like all these stunts and running on set. So like, does he really need to go to the gym? <laughs> my first thought was, though, was because we talk about this all the time. I was like, well, Jesse, what about that golf addiction you're always talking about trying to kick on your Insta stories? Like, <laughs> why isn't that your resolution? But Did you see his story the other day how, like, Chicago was blanketed in snow and Homeboy <laughs> yeah. was the only one on the golf course? Yes. Like, that's when you know you have a problem. I mean, I love you, Jesse, but, like, that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> Go indoors. Go to Top Golf or something. Like, geez. Top Golf is still outdoors, though. Yeah, but it's more indoors there is some, than... There's something him and Colin play where, like, they hit... It's indoors, and they hit the ball to a screen or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go there. Like, yeah. do something. Jesse, do that. We just don't want you to get sick. Right. The weather already <laughs> causes us to get sick enough. We don't need you getting sick, too. Right, and it's not even in the negative temperatures where we live. It is where you live. So we just okay. don't want you to get sick. That's all. Yeah. And we're a so little concerned. My- but, that you know. was my only thing. That was just what I thought was funny. It was like his New Year's resolution was to go to the gym, but like really it should be about this golf addiction that you've got. He needs like an intervention like they used to do on How I Met Your Mother with like the intervention banner. <laughs> yeah, well, and he made an Insta story at one point like joking and like I remember we were dying about it. How he's like, guys, I need help. And like about like jokingly, of course, but, like about his golf addiction. But like he really needs like <laughs> Just save it for the summer, Jesse. Just like save the it for the summer. The one that always gets me is when he's on the golf course in LA and he keeps running across like the same coyote at this golf course in LA. <laughs> I'm like, stop <laughs> feeding the coyote. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but so no, amazing. so that was all. That's all. That's all. And disclaimer Jesse, there are worse things in the world to be addicted to. So we're not judging. We're just giving you crap. No. Yeah. <laughs> the second bit of news we got was we got the first deleted scene we've gotten in like forever. Five ever, for real. Forever. Yeah. And it comes to us from Chicago Fire. And it was a continuation of the Bretonio scene that crushed all of our hopes and dreams for the second time. Um, all this is is basically it's a scene that continues from after Brett leaves in the middle of the wonderful dinner that Antonio cooked for her. Um, she leaves and Diego comes out of his room. Oh, Diego comes out of his room and basically is like, hey, where's Brett? And, you know, he wants to know if she's still going camping with them on Saturday. And then Diego and Antonio just have dinner, just the two of them. We could have seen a Bretonio and Diego camping trip. We could have just had them at dinner together. Like, I know. What the hell? Like, I think it frustrates me more. I mean, even though we kind of got hints of that from the last time they were together last season, that Diego was a fan of Brett being around. Um, But, like, 
that just made me so much more angry and upset about the whole fucking situation. Because especially because you get to see the last part of that scene, like they show you the last part of that scene and then how it continues. So as I was listening to Brett talk about, you know, how she still likes Antonio, but like they can't go through this, this whole thing. I was reflecting back on last week's fire episode with how she just kind of automatically like was starting to hit on Zach. And I was like, it just made me all that more frustrated. I was just like, God damn it. I know. Especially when she just wanted to have fun. And I was like, but you had fun with Antonio and just. Right. And I feel like now that I'm thinking about it more in this scene kind of made me think about it again. Like, like last time was different. And I don't understand. Like things have changed from my, you know, my point of view. Like, I just, I don't understand why they can't be together. Like, I don't think they had a good enough discussion about it. Like Brett just kind of was like. I don't know. It just it just frustrated me more. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I just want to sit Brett down and be like, do you love him? Good. Then shut up and be with him. Or like, even like, do, do you, you clearly like him. Like, I'm not saying you have to be in love with him, but like, you clearly like him. So why can't you give it a real shot? Exactly. And there's like, nothing no wrong with- judge you. No, not at all. Actually, we'll applaud you because we really want to see you two together. And I just want to see Antonio happy. For, yeah, yeah, just- yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, like, a fling for fun here and there. There's nothing wrong with that. Just, no. Yeah, so it just, this whole thing just made me ten times more frustrated. I'm with you. I'm with you. The last bit of news we got was kind of a late one. It dropped today. Today being Wednesday. We're recording early. Ooh. Um, yeah, but the <laughs> promo pictures for Chicago Fire episode 12 of season six dropped. Now, we got the promo photos. We didn't get an episode description. So... We can, like, look at the photos and just kind of come up with our own narrative. Um, But the main gist of what we saw, I think Kelly's going to get hurt on a call again, which I'm not okay with. I don't like it when he gets hurt. Yeah. Um, The other thing I noticed is Zach's comforting Stella, which means he's going to keep being around. Because, what, we just saw episode nine, right? That was the last episode we just saw? I think so. Yeah, okay, so he's going to be at least in 10 and 11 and 12, so he's going to be around for a while, which makes me very happy. Um, But yeah, that's what I noticed. That was the first thing I noticed. Hazmat Zack attack. So here for it. It's going to be so good. Just so here for it. (laughs) Yeah, and like in that picture, the one that you're talking about, uh, Stella's like wrapped in a blanket, so maybe something goes sideways for Stella and Severide on a call? yeah. I get that. Yeah, he, she is wrapped in a blanket. Um, and then there's, like, other pictures of her, like, in the one I think you're talking about where you kind of see Kelly, like, propped up on the couch where that kind of looks like he's hurt. He's reading a book or whatever. And, like, Stella, there's other pictures of Stella, and she's getting ready to go out. So, like, a lot of people on Twitter were talking about, oh, well, is this, like, a jealous, like, protective severide conversation? Like, Interesting. I don't know. Um, I was most surprised by Kelly reading a book. <laughs> yeah. He I just wonder doesn't, what he reading. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as like the kind of guy who reads. I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm just saying he doesn't like read as a hobby. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. No, he doesn't have books stacked up in his office in the firehouse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what he's reading. I don't know. <laughs> He'd probably read like thrillers. <laughs> like a like Stephen King kind of thing yeah I could see him doing that or like a cop thriller or something <laughs> a motorcycle book or something like that yes a motorcycle book yeah it's a cop drama about a cop who rides motorcycles there <laughs> guys do you know what this just made me think of TBT to that time Mouch and Brett wrote a book or a writing romance yes oh that was so good <laughs> Oh my god, I remember that storyline. That was hilarious. That was really funny. Maybe he's just, like, punking all of us and he's actually just sitting there reading Harry Potter. Maybe. (laughs) Kelly Severide is totally a Slytherin. (laughs) I've never seen Harry Potter or read it, so I don't know. Oh my god! (laughs) What? I haven't either, so... (laughs) (laughs) What?! What in the world yeah. is happening right now? <laughs> and this is not an age gap thing. This is just you guys missing out. I don't even know you two anymore. This Shit. is just a not Bryna's 
realm of life gap. Like, I just... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I think I saw the first movie and part of a third, like, at some point in my life. But, like, <laughs> I couldn't tell you <laughs> anything. I'm, like, shocked right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Just gonna shake it off so we can cover the episode <laughs> so that's about all the news we have for tonight um, as always if you see something tweet it to us send it to us via email dm however again three of us the whole internet there's always a good chance you're gonna see something that we won't so always send us news so without further ado i think we shall jump into the episode once again this is chicago med season three episode eight entitled lemons and lemonade so what did you guys think of this one overall it was good. It was very heavy. Like, as I was, like, because I was the one who was doing the outline, it's very heavy on the, like, psychiatry and the Choi, Dr. Charles Reese aspects of it, which is kind of a nice change of pace. I don't know why. Like, it was just a nice change of pace um, in terms of, like, characters we focused on. Um, I also really liked Will and Rhodes working together, but we'll talk about all yeah, that. Yeah, I really like that, too. That was – I don't think we've ever seen them work a case together – that much yeah and if it has it's been a while yeah i really liked that more of that please that was cool also yeah. also you know how on fire there's always like one moment where the camera catches severide's eyes like perfectly it turns out that the same thing happens with dr rhodes because it happened like five times in this episode and i was like whoa holy blue eyes batman like <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> but that's just me anyway so we'll start off with Connor and Will. As always, we cover this by storyline. So we'll start off with Connor and Will. And Connor is just like speeding down Lakeshore Drive in his brand new Porsche. Ugh. So he's speeding down Lakeshore Drive with like his turtleneck and like his fancy ass car. He like pulls into mad like race car driver driver style. And Becker sees him and she's basically like, oh, you got a new car. That's great. <laughs> And she mentions, she's like, so what did that put you back? Like 125? And he's like, yes, yeah, something like that. I'm just like, okay, that's really douchey, Connor. Like really, really douchey. But you're post-breakup. You're handling this like a woman. So, you know, you're not in your right mind. I'm just going to let it slide. But with that said, I'm judging him so hard in this moment because he looks ridiculous. Yeah. He looked yeah. really ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the turtleneck and like weaving in and out of traffic. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. This is not a Batman movie. You are not Bruce Wayne. Right. Stop and even like just like everything that came out of his mouth just sounded ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like that woman did nothing more than look at him. And he was like, I'm going to go find out if she wants to date me. Connor. Oh my God. This is not you. No. This is not you. It's bad. This is like. I don't even know who this is on med, but this is not you. This is like Connor's like dark alter ego. It's like, I don't know. It's like obnoxious rich Connor. It's like Connor's dark alter ego rich Connor mixed in with a little like season one Will Halstead. Ooh. Like, it's Goodness. just, I don't like it. No. So like, I guess his alter ego's name is what? Rich Connor? something like that yeah it's like it's, he's the connor that his father always wanted him to be yes it's like if connor's father could have like molded the perfect um son son that would be what we saw in the beginning of this episode well it's like you and i brian have both been watching the good place so we can have connor and bad connor like janet and bad janet <laughs> yeah yeah, this is like the version of Connor that gets sent to the bad place. This is bad Connor, yeah. That's really just, bad yeah, Connor. this is bad place Connor. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, he after he lets slip how much he bought the car for, $125,000 on a car. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like not even a car you saved up for and like splurged on new. Like when you just went out literally the night before and dropped all that money on. I can't imagine spending a house on a car. And that's like a small house at that, but that's a shit ton of money. Yeah, that's crazy. 
so crazy and disgusting. Bad Connor. Bad. Anyway, so meanwhile, we cut to Nat's place and Will is sitting at a little table and he's hanging out with Owen. So cute. Finally. Finally. Yeah, finally. He exists. It's a real kid. (laughs) So I would say Owen's what? Like maybe coming up on two? He might even be like two and a half just because of the time jump. But like somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. So Will's play or Owen's playing with blocks and Will's playing with blocks and everything's super cute and wonderful until Owen chucks a block at Will's face. (laughs) I mean, I laughed. It was really funny. It was really funny. It was really funny. And so Will's like, oh, shit, ow. And Natalie's like, what happened? He's like, nothing. (laughs) So funny. So we cut to the hospital and Will sees his first patient and her name is Astrid. Basically, she tripped as she was racing to the train. And, you know, Will just tells Maggie to order a couple different tests because she's the nurse working with him. And she gives him shit about his black eye. It's pretty funny. Um. But Will swears. He's like, no, you know, it wasn't me. Just, it's nothing. Don't worry. So Maggie goes to find Will to give him Astrid's scans. And she notices a book about how to get along with toddlers. He's like sitting on it. Oh, my God. Reading a book about toddlers is such a Will thing to do, is it not? Yes. Yes. Such a Will thing to do. This is just him being like adorably awkward. And yeah. So... Maggie's giving him all the shit in the world for it. But then Will has to go and be all cute. And so Will's like, well, Owen's number one in Natalie's life. If I can't make it work work with him, I got no shot with her. Oh. Stop being so so cute. cute. Fucking adorable. I know. I know. Only Will would do something super dorky, like read a book about how to get along with toddlers and then justify it like 110%. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, who uh, actually goes and buys a book about toddlers to impress their significant other's son? Like, nobody. Except Will. So cute. Such a cute little dork. So, Will notices something on Astrid's CT and then tells Maggie to get Dr. Rhodes and neurology. So, Connor and Will basically go to talk to Astrid and they inform her that she has a tumor that starts inside her kidney and goes into the right atrium of her heart. It's a big fucking tumor it's huge yeah like that's big and didn't she say she went to like a minute clinic because of her back yeah and they did diagnosed it as a back sprain so she wants to find a joke to cope with you know the tumor and everything but then will's like don't worry you know we'll find humor in this after you beat this we'll find a joke afterwards but the whole the whole time he's talking to her i can't take him seriously because he's got this huge bruise on his eye like it kind of reminded me and i'm gonna make a movie reference and you guys are probably not gonna know it but um one of the austin powers movies when fred savage comes in with the mole and austin like can't focus and he's just like mole that's what it reminded me of you guys have not seen that movie of course you haven't (laughs) nope (laughs) i'm doing great tonight (laughs) y'all this is my favorite game this is my favorite game uh Goodness. So, yeah, basically, it's basically a situation where, like, you know, obviously there's an elephant in the room, but, like, you can't address it and then you do whatever. I'm just going to stop. It's just now it's not even funny anymore. But, yeah, so he's trying to talk to her and be like, we'll find something to beat this. We'll find a joke later. I'm like, no, the joke is that I can't really look at you right now without laughing. Sorry, Will. Like, So she informs Connor and Will that she doesn't have a health care plan to pay for the surgeries. But then Connor says that Medicaid covers all of the expenses when it's considered life threatening. This is okay. I had no idea that was the case. And it's interesting because I worked in a medical office on and on for on and off for four years. And I worked I did a lot with insurance and things like that. And I never knew this. So but I think it's also just because in the kind of medicine and stuff that I worked in like nothing we really did was considered life-threatening so like I wouldn't have known that um but that's interesting I just something something you learn something new every day I did not know that about Medicaid Chicago Med is so educational it really (laughs) is though 
it, yeah, it really is, though. We'll get into more of that later because this episode was just like very interesting in terms of facts. So Connor and <laughs> Becker are doing Astrid surgery and they remove the tumor. But Becker just wants to tease Connor about his date with the girl outside the hospital. I'm so glad she's calling him out on her bullshit. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad. So then she actually drops a one liner and like, I didn't know Ava could be funny. So she goes, oh, impressive. I bet your mojo is going to last all night. Lucky girl. I didn't know she could be funny. Okay, but like this was all, this was really funny. But also, she clearly has a thing for him, right? Like this is like the way she said "lucky girl" just like made it seem so much to like she wants to be this girl and she wants to be the one to get in his pants. Like was that just me that saw I, that? I really hope she doesn't, but I won't be surprised if it goes that direction. Like just the way she said "like lucky girl." Like, she clearly wanted it to be her. Like, that's the vibe I got, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I got that vibe, too. I got that vibe, too. Okay, good. Glad it's not just me. You know that, like, she's she's not going to be the kind who's, like, jealous or, like, pines for him or anything. She's just going to, like, shove him up against a wall and make out with him. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think it's going to be a serious thing, but, like, Especially now that he's kind of all in this, like, oh, I'm going for rebounds and whatever. Like, I could clearly see a hookup happening. I think bad Connor and Ava would be good together. But Connor, Connor and Ava, I'm not here for. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I just she's a lot better and she's a lot more tolerable. I still just just prove to me once that a woman and a man can be work colleagues and like friends and not make it romantic yes 100 percent agree with that i also take back what i said about her might being worse than hope like i take that back she's definitely not even close to the same level as hope anymore um i mean i still don't like i'm still not 100 i'm not like ava's biggest fan but like she's not in hope territory she's a lot better She's a lot better. And especially over the, like, maybe in the beginning, I definitely thought she was in, like, Hope territory, but, like, now she's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Connor and Will go see Astrid after her surgery, and she asks them about her right leg because it's achy around the shin. So, they're both really concerned that they want an x-ray done. And, you know, they're, they're pretty much, like, working towards a goal here. They're, you know, they're solving the case and everything. And then... Goodwin shows up out of nowhere and is like a major buzzkill. She pops up for one scene and she's just like, yeah, we're going to transfer Astrid to a safety net hospital because the hospital won't cover the treatments that she needs. Yeah, but you forgot the part about the fact that like they learned that the cancer is spread to her tibia. So like she's going to need more treatments, um, which is why like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I was more focused on, like, Goodwin coming through, and I was like, well, that just took a turn. Yeah, the one, the one, usually Goodwin's not this, like, bare bad news, but, like, she was a real, yeah, it took a real turn for the worse with her. Yeah, and so, um, is it Goodwin who says this line? You put her in the system and she might fall through no, the cracks again? No, that was Will. That was Will. Okay, that, yeah, so Will tries to make the argument against it, and... You know, and this is one of those moments where it's good to have Bad Connor around because Bad Connor is like, well, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the hospital transfer team arrives and Will shows them where to go. And, you know, Will's furious, but like he's Will furious. He just sits there and is like, this is ridiculous, pout. Yeah. Um, but then Connor, again, this is Bad Connor. So Connor's like dramatic hair flip like emo stare and is like i can't take this anymore and uh the transfer team is like well we have orders and connor's like yeah well i'm overriding them i'm just imagining like i'm not no i was gonna make another movie reference i'm not gonna do it because you're not gonna know what i'm talking about no it's not gonna be funny tell it say it spider-man 3 when peter goes emo and it looks like he's got guy liner on and no yeah no i know that one you know that one yeah i've seen the spider-man Oh my god, it's a miracle. You know, I haven't Peter... seen the most recent one, but I've seen the old one, the older ones. No, I'm talking about the ones with Tobey Maguire. Yes, I've seen those. Yeah. Okay, good, good. So, you know when he goes all emo and he's wearing, like, guy liner and, like, all black? Like, that's how I envision Bad Connor. So, <laughs> so Will's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, Psh, I got this. 
And this is like, we're, you know, it's great. Bad Connor is great here. Cause like, yeah. And so Will goes back to Nats after work and Will bribes Owen with a big shiny truck that is like the same size as Jay's apartment. I love how uh, he like stoops to this level. Like he's like, I didn't learn anything from the book. So I'm going with the toy. Like I'm buying the big shiny truck. Yeah. Will's like, fuck it all. Like whatever. <laughs> and he brings in, yeah, the, the big giant truck. Again, it's like the size of Jay's apartment. And it still doesn't work because he sits at the table and Owen chucks another block at the other eye. This kid is smart. Like, yeah. Just, that, yeah. I tweeted this last night, but it was funnier the second time watching it than the first time. It, it, it was, yes, actually. It really was. Although, I feel like the second time around is probably when it's time to stop laughing about it and be like, Owen, stop. Right. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of people on Twitter talking about, like, okay, it's funny, but, you know, if you're really trying to show, like, Natalie is a mom, then, like, you need to show her disciplining him and not just, like, laughing about it. And then, you know, because Will then asked Nat, like, if Owen hates him. And she's like, no, 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 like, he's fine or whatever. And then they, like, kiss and make whatever, make up. But, like, if we're really trying to see Natalie as a mom, then, like, you've got to show some kind of discipline. Like, I get that he's, like, two, but still. I found it funny also how serious Will was. He was like, does he hate me? I'm like, well, he's two. Yeah. Like, like, get over it. Just he'll come around. Like, calm down. Right. He can just barely form words now. Just like. I was going to say, he can barely form words, barely form sentences. Like, you don't know. Just calm right. down, Will. Just, Will is just. And that's so Will, too, to be just, like, adorably sensitive like that. Does he hate me? Oh, Will. Just. <laughs> Just... While we're on the topic of Will, do we know where he's living at? No. <laughs> nope. Nope. We I talked about this last week. Um, like when he when we saw the sleepover between, and I was like, I nope. We don't know where he's going. Don't <laughs> don't know where he's going. He probably lives in his car parked outside of Nats. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Oh, Will. Will, Will, Will. I know. It's just fun to tease, even though he's a fictional character. It's just fun to tease. But the whole storyline basically ends with Goodwin confronting Connor because she's like, well, that's suspicious that all of a sudden an anonymous donor came through with six figures and managed to pay for the surgery. And yeah, so Connor's like, "I okay, Connor tries to play it cool. And Goodwin just advises him and she's like, be careful because patients will keep coming. And although you're wealthy, your checkbook won't be able to keep up. And Connor's like, I don't care because it did today. And that's that. Yep. Just, yeah, very interesting situations with Connor and Will. Connor's just, he's acting weird in this post breakup phase. Yeah. I'm curious to see how... You know, it how it keeps going. I want to know what that breakup note said. Like, what did it say in Robin's note to Connor? I mean, he did not get any closure. And he's just like, I'm not going to Minnesota. Fuck it. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go buy a Porsche instead. Okay. You do that. Like I said last week, I went through a breakup my first year of grad school. And I dropped $50 on a pair of shoes. Definitely not $125,000 on a Porsche. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. It's just stupid. Oh, both of them. Both of them just need hugs. Goodness. So the next storyline we will jump into is Dr. Choi, Dr. Charles, and Dr. Reese. I did not confuse Choi and Charles. Not yet. <laughs> Damn it. You're right. Okay, Brian, will you take us through this? Yeah. So the episode, in terms of this stuff, op- in this storyline opens with sex toy talking about they're like outside at one of the coffee carts um and they're talking about all the things they don't have in common um (laughs) including like their coffee orders which they order you know because they're at a coffee cart okay can we please talk about these coffee orders okay so i used to work for starbucks back in the day so like i don't know i heard this and i was like hmm. so april's coffee order she orders a chai with almond milk extra hot no foam no water not what i would peg her to drink at all 
Um, I don't even know what that means. I don't drink any of this. Like, that's like a foreign language to me. What does that mean? Oh, chai tea's really good. Do you do you go to Starbucks at all? Yeah, I go to Starbucks all the time. What do you drink? Um, usually a passion iced passion tea. So good, so good. I'm more of an iced coffee person, but chai tea's really good. You should try it. Um, it I was, okay, but is it like it doesn't have coffee in it, right? Like it's like a tea. It's like a tea. It's still it's a type of black tea, so it does have caffeine, but it's not coffee. Okay, I can. I just don't. I don't like coffee. That's my problem. No, it's it's got caffeine, but it's not coffee, and it's got like hints of, like cinnamon and vanilla in it. It's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, but they put water in it to like bring out the flavor. Now I'm like nerding out on the podcast about Starbucks, <laughs> whatever. Um, but chai's really good. I just never really thought that she would drink that. I don't know. I just I guess after three years of working at Starbucks, you kind of can like guess people's drinks by looking at them. So I don't know. I wasn't surprised by Dr. Choi, like black coffee, whatever. Yeah, but, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me, no. Connor, I could see drinking some sort of, like, uppity espresso or something. Yeah. I see Natalie drinking, like, some kind of latte. Yeah, she would do, like, a vanilla latte or something. Right. Like, something, like, extra. Like, I feel like her drink would be the definition of, like, white girl. (laughs) She definitely drinks pumpkin spice lattes in the fall. Oh, for sure. And Instagrams it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's one of those. She's one of those. Um, Let's see. I could see Reese drinking tea, like hot tea. Yeah, same with Dr. Charles. Yeah, Dr. Charles would drink tea or just regular coffee. Uh, what would Maggie Will? drink? Oh, Maggie. What would Maggie drink? Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the different things. What would Will drink? Okay, Will's a giant dork. What would he drink? Will would drink Frappuccinos and not realize that it's dorky. <clears throat> yeah he'd probably get the ones without coffee too oh my god he would he would drink a vanilla bean frappuccino or something yeah (laughs) i'm sorry this is really funny when you used to work for starbucks i i yeah it's funny even if you don't work for starbucks it is it is if you if you just spend any like amount of time in starbucks like it's pretty great see i would say april would drink iced coffee like me but i guess but apparently she doesn't no yeah, if you guys have guesses as to what everybody would drink at Starbucks, hit us up. <laughs> it's a we fun game to, to play if you go to Starbucks a lot. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, and so then, yeah, so they're talking about the things they don't have in common, and Ethan's just, like, opposite attract. And then, so April gets her thing, April gets her drink and leaves, and then Troy, all of a sudden, before he can, like, whip out his credit card to pay, is called over to a woman who's lying on the ground a couple blocks away. So, Toy, um, you know, like, just, there's not a lot he can do with the block, but he's like, okay, we got to get her inside. And he's like, well, we could call, like, paramedics, but it's going to take too long. So, he literally picks her up and brings her inside. It's going to take too long to go two blocks. Right. Well, I mean, by the time you, like, get in an ambulance, start up the ambulance, like, you could bring her over there faster. I guess Troy runs fast. I guess so. Uh, but anyway, so he brings her inside the ED, and Doris is his nurse, and Doris helps her, helps him cut her clothes off. Um, and they notice that, you know, she's skinny, and her hair is brittle and thin, and, you know, she's also jaundiced. Um, and so Doris all of a sudden is like, anorexia. And, like, so they expect that Allison, who they, you know, they, like, they ask her name, and she's alert enough to tell her his name. So they suspect that Allison, you know, has anorexia, but they're not, like, sure yet. So, flip over to Dr. Reese and Charles, Dr. Charles. Um, Dr. Charles greets Reese, who is finally back from her suspension. Um, and, you know, while they're talking, a Jane Doe's brought in. Um, and, you know, she keeps, keeps kind of, like, murmuring to herself and, you know, doing all these things with her hands or whatever. And Dr. Stola checked her out. and since, But she has nothing physically wrong with her, so she's turned over to Dr. Charles and Reese. But right at this point, Dr. Choi comes and asks Dr. Charles for his help on the anorexia patient. So Dr. Charles is like, hey, Reese, like, are you going to be okay? And Reese is like, yeah, 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 I'll be fine. So Dr. Charles goes and sees, goes to see Allison, who immediately know he's a, knows he's a shrink, which clearly means she's been to see a bunch of them over her life. So she can just kind of 
pinpoint it just from the way he looks and just the way he says her name. Um, and so Allison knows that, you know, because they've hooked an I- her to an IV, um, she knows that they're not just giving her saline and IV, and she starts then to, like, quickly calculate, you know, how meant, you know, how she gets to burn off all these extra calories that she's getting from this IV. Um, and then kind of without even asking her questions, really, Dr. Charles starts pinning down everything about her medical history, um, you know, just like, just kind of from the way she says anything, which it was really interesting to watch just because, um, I don't know, like, I guess this is what happens when you've seen patients with the similar, um, histories and just similar cases over and over again. But I thought that was really interesting. Just that, like, he could, you know, start saying everything that she had actually gone through without her needing to say anything. I Um, was really intrigued by the way he handled her. Just, like, he wasn't as gentle with her as he is with other patients. He just kind of cut to the chase and was, like, kind of negotiating with her at one point. It was just kind of – he took a tougher approach. Yeah, for sure. Um, And she wants to leave, but – you know, and Dr. Charles is like, fine, well, if you can get out of bed, like, you can go. But she can't get physically out of bed. So um, then they start negotiating about how many calories she's going to get in her thing. And Dr. Charles wants her to start at 4,000. And she's like, no, like 900. And then they work their way up. And they eventually negotiate on 3,000 calories um, that she's going to get through her nose. And so Dr. Charles leaves. And Choi's angry with him for only agreeing to 3,000 because he, you know – thinks, you know, since she is so so skinny and, you know, doesn't really have anything on her, you know, Dr. Roy's like, you know, she needs to be, like, getting as much as we can give her. But then Dr. Charles says, you know, anorexia is the deadliest mental illness that there is. Um, every instinct she has is telling her to resist this, so Dr. Charles can't push this any harder than she'll let him. So it has to be something that they work and negotiate with. And then so Choi leaves. He's still upset, but Choi leaves. Um, and Reese comes over and asks if this is the worst case he's seen. Um, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's like they're talking about, like, BMIs. And Dr. Charles is like, yeah, like, hers is pretty bad. Um, but then Dr. Charles just ends up distracting Reese by asking about the Jane Doe. And Reese comes up with this diagnosis. And she's like, yeah, but the meds I've given him or giving her aren't really working, so I want to double it. But Dr. Charles is like, okay, well, humor me a little bit. Like, check all the boxes before you go any further. Like, it's your first day back. Just humor me on this. So then we get to see Choi, who is putting in Allison's feeding tube. And her parents have arrived, thank God. Um, and they're hopeful that this time it'll actually work because they've tried to get her help for years. Um, but as Allison kind of sees the food approaching her body, she yanks out her tube just before food enters her body. Um, they really couldn't scoot it back so she couldn't see it. Like, she had to watch it enter her body, and she watched it like she was terrified. Yeah. I feel like they could have done it a different way. Like, even if she was, like, like if it's going in her nose, like, why couldn't it go, like, around the back of her head and, like, around the back so that she can't see it? But that's just my two cents. I don't know if that actually would work or not. Um, yeah. But anyway, so she yanks it out, and she basically was, like, refusing to do it again, and she's going to lawyer up. She's like, I want my lawyer. Like, and she's just, like, screaming. She's like, I want my lawyer. I want my lawyer now. Like, get him on the phone. And so now we're back with Reese and Reese's Jane Doe. And Maggie tells Reese that CPD just called. Um, apparently a woman named Melissa just filed a missing persons report on her sister Jamie. And the description matches Jane Doe. So looks like we might have a lead there. But then we go back to Dr. Charles and Choi. And Dr. Charles informs Choi. Informs Choi. That they're not going to be doing another feeding tube because Allison has apparently been preparing for this moment. She went so far as to have papers drawn up and, you know, with her lawyer about, like, how she's going to, you know, refuse this or whatever. And apparently the hospital lawyers don't want to fight it. And Dr. Choi is pissed. Um, And so 
but she Dr. Charles is like Allison's an adult and ultimately like she gets to decide her own fate. Um and then let's see. Okay, so then yeah, Dr. Charles goes on to explain that the odds of her recovering from anorexia are not likely, you know, as like apparently if you're gonna recover from it, it, it like the timeline, the time frame is about seven years, and that she's been fighting this for over fifteen years, it's very unlikely that she's gonna recover from it. I thought the way Choi reacted to this was interesting because, you know, Dr. Charles is trying to explain there's nothing we can really do. And Choi's just not handling it. Or not, not that he's not handling it well. He's just not. I don't know. He's not processing the news and like moving on. He's like he's taking it kind of hard. I wonder if there's like some backstory there with his sister. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know a whole lot about what his sister's problems but yeah I think it's really I don't know I think it's interesting because yeah like Dr. Choi doesn't see I would assume doesn't see these like patients with this that often I could be wrong um I don't know much about like how if they how often they would come into the ED but obviously this is what Dr. Charles deals with all the time so I wonder if that also plays a part in it and just like Dr. Choi's familiarity with anorexia patients versus Dr. Charles. Um, but, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so we received some criticism about the way they handled this case. Um, so somebody wrote... These are all, these are all the same... Um message we got we got a message on twitter from a listener named meg i hope she yeah. doesn't mind that i'm naming her but we had a good we, we had a conversation last night um that was that was really good because she i don't know she offered some perspective on this issue that we would not have gotten otherwise yeah um so some of the things that we pulled out from her message that she said um she said you know the way that both dr charles and Choi are handling the patient are insensitive are insensitive and she says more Choi as they as though they don't believe it's a serious condition um another thing she said she said the scariest part though is that it's so easily triggered um she said and then another part she said honestly i'm not angry at the show but one, a warning at the top of the episode would have been nice. Two, maybe slightly less specific would have been good. I know that makes telling the story harder, but this is such a delicate issue. Um, but yeah, and so she wrote a whole post on this issue, um, which we tweeted out. So just go back to our timeline and you can read that. It's yeah, really she worth goes, the read. She, it's really worth the read. She goes in depth about, you know, how the storyline kind of hit close to home and she elaborates on why it should have why it possibly should have been less specific and why it's so easily triggered so highly recommend reading that link because it uh, it puts a lot it offers a lot more understanding than what the episode offered yeah for sure um but yeah so make sure you go read that it's in our timeline it's probably now a couple days um that we tweeted it on wednesday so which is when we're recording this so um We'll repost it and hopefully not forget this time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We always say that. We're always so bad about it. I know. We're so bad. Um, but anyway. So back with Reese. Reese is updating Dr. Charles on Jane Doe, um, who is now Jamie. Um, and so apparently Reese's original findings, plus all this newfound information with her medical history from her sister, Leads her to still believe that it's bipolar mania. Um, Dr. Charles asks about blood work and lab results, and Reese is like, oh, well, I never got around to them. I use patient history to confirm it. And then um, Dr. Charles is like, mm, well, you, need, you still need to do all that. And Reese is like, well, why? And Dr. Charles is like, well, when you're on probation, like, it does matter how you got there. Um, and then Dr. Charles, you know, takes a step back and it's like, okay, well, if what you're saying is right and you're still giving her all these meds, like, that should have made some kind of dent. So he's like, I'm going to take a look at her myself. Um, so he does. He goes, um, Dr. Charles goes and checks on Jamie. Um, and he checks Jamie's eyes. And all of a sudden he starts noticing that something's off. Um, and he asks her, since she's 
a culinary student, she he asked her sister um, if she mentioned like using copper pots in school, and she's like, yeah, she did. They're apparently really good for something about heat. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but apparently the fact that she used copper pots led them to diagnosing her with Wilson's disease. I didn't get a chance to Google Wilson's disease, but I haven't either. Yeah. I feel like this is the portion of the podcast where we're like, what did we learn from Chicago Med this week? So first thing we learned, don't ever go to a minute clinic for anything ever. Nope. Never. Nope. nope. Don't do it. I my went own experience, to an, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. I went to an urgent care one time for a cold and like, I mean, they didn't misdiagnose it, but they prescribed a pack and it like tore up my stomach and made me miserable. Oh my God. So, there. I have so many stories about, like, urgent cares, minute clinics from, like, working in, um, like, a specialist office. Oh, man. So many stories. They're so bad. Just don't do it. it. Don't do it. Uh, The other thing we learned is don't use copper pots. Yeah. We're learning so much this week. I wish I had written down, like, what exactly, like, what Dr. Charles said, like, about the copper pots that made it, like, hurt get diagnosed with Wilson's. Because, like... But yeah. And then like Apparently, if the copper, copper pots, pots are bad for you, why did the culinary school let her cook with them? I don't know. Why did, they, why did it let anybody cook with them? I know. I know. I don't know. I feel like the writers are like slowly but surely making us afraid of like everything. Like <laughs> don't go to North Carolina or you'll get sterilized. Um, don't go to the or don't not go to the dentist because a simple toothache could be a giant infection in your brain. Um <laughs> Yeah. What else did we learn this season? Um, oh, God. So many things. Oh, yeah. If you got sick 10 years ago, you could make your partner sick, even though it's been, like, forever and a day. But we'll get into that one. Like- <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. But then, so, Jamie's sister was like, well, is there, you know, a cure for it? And Dasha was like, no, there's no cure, but there's treatment. So then... When Dr. Charles, they, so he steps outside the room and so does Reese. But when they were in the room, when Dr. Charles is checking Jamie's eyes, he asked Reese to also look at it as well. And she couldn't really even like look at her or touch her or anything. And so outside the room, Dr. Charles is about to question Reese about not being able to touch the patient. But when all of a sudden across the ED, you can hear screaming that Dr. Choi's patient, Allison, has lost her pulse. So over on that side of the ED, Choi shocks Allison twice and attempts to resuscitate her. Um, but then her father pleads with them to stop that, you know, saying she's had enough um, and she's suffered enough. And so that's it. And Allison's dead. Um, and so then this storyline, the entire thing just kind of suddenly wraps up with um, later kind of after shift, Dr. Charles finds Reese crying about, you know, just the whole situation and finally just breaking down. Um, you know, she's crying about how she did her therapy and, you know, she suffered through her suspension and she goes on about how she's supposed to be a psychiatrist and she could even like look her patient in the eye. But Dr. Charles just reassures, reassures her and, you know, says that the good news is that, you know, she recognizes that this, she has this problem. And Dr. Charles says, he's like, no one learns to master their fears in two weeks. You know, trust me, it doesn't happen. Not even someone as determined as you are. And so she asks Dr. Charles if like she's, he can help her and he promises her that he will. And it's the end of all of this storyline. <laughs> These two are getting so much better now that Dr. Charles is not like in denial that Sarah has a problem. Yeah. Like, and I feel like this scene, like the scene that these two end on with like her crying and that whole scene, like that's what we needed to happen like five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's about fucking time. I know. There's a lot of stuff Sarah said in that scene that, like, made me feelsy. I don't know. And she was, like, you know, she was upset that Allison died because Allison wasn't willing to change. And she was, like, no, I have to. Um, yeah. But she was afraid that she couldn't do it. It was just, oh, Sarah. Yeah. Sad. So the last bit we're going to talk about, right? This is the last bit. Yep. Um were Natalie and April. And I like these two working together. I feel like we haven't seen it, but I feel like we also probably have. I think we've seen it this season. Okay. But so I could be Nat- wrong, but I do like this combo too. 
Yeah, so Natalie and April meet a patient named Tommy who does not know what's wrong. Um, Side note, oh, hey, Corbin Blue, how are you? Oh, my God, I fucking love Corbin Blue, except I can't, ever since High School Musical, I can't unsee him as that. Like, it's just a curse. Like, I see, can't unsee him as and High School Musical. I was a little too old for High School Musical, so I missed that. Oh, but, no, that was yeah. like right in our wheelhouse ashley nice wheelhouse like fifth grade like that was like the time oh my goodness so and jump in he was in the movie jump in too is that yeah. another disney oh. movie yeah yeah it was like in. yeah when all of the them were on their like first year of like or maybe first year first two years like post high school musical like first high school musical success like they all did like their own movies and cds and this yeah and that was like one of his nice (laughs) classic (laughs) so tommy barely has a fever but they run some tests including a strep test just to make sure and nat and april come back and they tell tommy that he doesn't have strep but his body's probably fighting some sort of bacterial infection So he attempts to get out of bed, and then he complains about the pain in his ankle. So April goes to look at it, and it's gross. So he's got, like, a giant, I guess it's an abscess, really. Uh, And so, you know, Nat makes an incision, and, you know, of course, Pus starts oozing out of it because they love to gross us out. (laughs) It does. So this happened, and I was just like, oh, not again. Gross. Um, I actually saw a tweet from Mandy at this moment, and Mandy tweeted that he needed to go see Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes! And, like, you're, you're familiar with that? Oh, I love Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, like, it's amazing. Really need to stop surfing Instagram when I can't sleep because I find things like that. And what I is found that? her page. Oh, you Ashley. don't know about Dr. Pimple Popper? No. Oh, my God. Ashley. Okay, well, first of all, do you like – is that, like, something that – because if you don't like it, then don't go look at her Instagram. No, I wouldn't even tell her. Let's just have her pull it up and, like, react to it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Ashley, grab your phone. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Go into Instagram. And it's literally – Okay, it's Dr. Pimple Popper, like, D-R and then Pimple Popper. Oh gosh! I can't see you right now. Hold on, I gotta look. I gotta like turn this up. There we go. Where's your phone? I don't see your phone. <laughs> okay, did you find it? Yeah. Okay, just click yeah. on one of them. Click on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is this? You guys don't see the face Ashley's making right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. It's so addicting. I love it. Some people, to others, it's quite disturbing. (laughs) Ashley, your face right now is so (laughs) great. I wish you guys could see this. (laughs) This is weird. (laughs) Yeah, and so, basically, that scene with Tommy and his ankle, that's like every video on that Instagram page. Um, But yeah, and I just... Yeah, as soon as she said that, I was like, I really wish I didn't know what that was, but I know what it is, and I've really got to stop surfing Instagram at 2 (laughs) a.m. But um, this wasn't that bad, though. I still rank this third behind the guy with the intestine and the pus shooting across the room. So this wasn't as bad, but... Yeah. So Natalie takes a sample, but she's also worried about how the bacterial infection traveled that fast, and... There's a couple moments here where, like, they just kind of state the obvious when April finds the abscess on his ankle and the girlfriend is like, that's really red. Like, yes, Captain Obvious, you are very observant. And so Nat's like, wow, this spread fast. And like, obviously. So Natalie tells April that the wound on Tommy's ankle is a staph infection. And she says that they need to switch to IV medication in order to fight it. So then Tommy's having trouble breathing. Oh, oh, I forgot to add one thing. So there was also a tweet right after the abscess on his ankle. I can't remember who tweeted it, but somebody made a high school musical reference and was like, well, that's going to be really difficult to like jump around and shoot basketballs. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> so Or dance. If we're going off the dance with the stars days or dance. Yeah, yeah. So 
See, and that I'm familiar with. He was awesome that season. Who won that season? Was it the girl from Glee? Yeah. No, yeah. Amber? Yeah, that was the same season. Okay. So later on, Tommy's having trouble breathing, and his temperature's up to 104, and he is in septic shock. So they're not able to find any other abscesses, and Natalie's really worried because he should be getting better, but he's just getting a lot worse. 104 sounds miserable. Yep. Don't. Yep. Nope. So April talks to Natalie at the desk, and April reveals that his latest labs say that he doesn't have a staph infection. He instead has a superbug that only lives in hospitals. Because friendly reminder, med is the most unsafe place on earth. Yeah, Gina, we're not going to med when we Ever. go to no. Chicago. We're just if one of us gets hurt, we're just gonna demand that we go to Lakeshore. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. do we really want to go to Lakeshore either? Can't we just go to an unaffiliated hospital with the show? Shit, that's right. Lakeshore got bombed the first time. Yeah, we're oh not going goodness. to any hospitals that have oh. been on med. We're fucked if we get hurt in Chicago. <laughs> we're going to go Damn. to, like, Northwestern, like, something, like, outside of Chicago. Can, can you take us to the suburb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we watch Chicago med. Bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. So <laughs> April later explains Hannah's the girlfriend. So April explains that Hannah had pneumonia 10 years ago. And was hospitalized for a couple of weeks. And so she could possibly be, be an asymptomatic carrier. As in she's just been carrying around this like super bug sickness for a decade. Right. Like I understand when things like that happen with like STDs or something like that. But like I didn't know you could do it with like super bugs. That's Apparently you can. Scary. That's scary. So... April sees Ethan watching Allison and her parents, and she comforts him briefly at the desk, but then she continues on with her work. And they're just sex toys having some sweet moments. So I'm gonna just point that out. Yep. Just mark that down. Yeah. Bryna, Miss I Don't Ship Them. I don't <laughs> ship them. Oh, but last week was a big step. I liked last week. I I'm just, you know. I know. I'm 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 getting there. I'm getting there. They're not as bad as they once were. It's like Ava. They're not as bad as they once were. Right. They're not as bad as they once were. So Natalie and April explain the situation to Tommy and Hannah. Like, surprise, Hannah, you were in the hospital 10 years ago and you got him sick. Like, so he tells her that they'll figure it out, but she's devastated that she could get him sick again. So Hannah comes out of the room and April's like, hey, I've got some information on how to handle the health risks between you and Tommy. And Hannah is like, uh, pass, give Tommy this note. I can't tell him myself. And she walks out. Another ghosting, you guys. Like, women of Chicago, stop doing this. Like, give your man an explanation. Respect him. And, like, tell him why you're leaving. Ugh. Poor Tommy. So then April tells Nat that she gets it because of her time dealing with TB and the pressure that it put on she and Tate's relationship. But you didn't see April leaving Chicago and ghosting him. Nope. She had the decency to, like, you know, break it end off. It. Yeah. yeah. Just. Nope. Meh. Just no. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is about all we've got on the episode i did love that moment in the doctor's lounge when like april didn't even have to say anything to ethan and she just hugged him yeah i thought that was sweet they've had some good moments i'll give them that yeah we'll see what happens when choice sister comes in though because that could make things kind of crazy yeah i'm sure it will oh i just realized we didn't get any noah this week where's noah been i miss him I don't know. I think it's just because he's, like, technically only a recurring star. So, like, we're not going to see him every week. Well, that's a shame. I like him. I know. But, yeah, that's our episode for tonight. Um, Chicago Men next next year, next week, next week, <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Men next week will be a repeat because of the State of the Union. Um, so, yeah. Just. Brian, does DC, like, shut down that day? Um, DC does not technically shut down that day, but when I was in school, it was, like, basic. I went to, like, a very, like, 
one of the most politically active schools in the U.S. And so, like, it was basically, like, our Super Bowl. <laughs> like, people would, like, turn it on in the lounges, like, get popcorn, like, watch it like it was, like, a Super Bowl, literally. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's an interesting time to be here for sure. For sure, yeah. So – we will get a new PD. We will get a new fire next week. We just won't get a new med. So, um, yeah, as always, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Don't forget about the Chicago Heroes event and the deadlines coming up. January 31st is a week from, well, it's less than a week from now since you're going to be listening to this on Friday. Um, the deadline for the Lottie's party and the group photo, the cast photo, those are Wednesday. Um, Wednesday, January 31st. And then the purchase deadline in its entirety is February 12th. So, yeah. If you're on the fence about going, just come. Like, life is short. You're not going to remember the time you stayed home. You're going to remember the time you went to Chicago on a whim. I mean, 13 cast members, like. Yeah. You can't really beat that. You can't beat that. We'll be there. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So and Chicago is such a great city. If you've never been before. Oh, my God. It's such a great city. It's so much fun. But yeah, so that is our episode. Uh, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina watches TV. Bryna. I am at Bryna K 13. And Ashley. I'm at Ashnick 95. In the meantime, um, make sure you unplug your crockpots. Little This Is Us reference there. <laughs> um, and have a good rest of the week. Or have a good weekend. And we will see you guys on Monday for an all-new Chicago Fire. Bye.